industry that's a stigma there we have um, so many opportunities the demand creates new opportunities and um, going into construction typically you're not going to have a, a debt a college debt and so you've already got a leg up on your peers right you can start working in high school you can start being an apprentice you can start on the job training, you can do all of these different things. Um, I love our new Career Tech High School. Uh, I'm sure you've mentioned that uh, in prior podcasts. Um, I love that because they can start learning um, construction engineering. I just heard of one of my um, AGC members that have brought on a couple of different tours from Career Tech High School onto their job site, job site showing them all the opportunities from um, working in an office to flying a drone to, you know, working with GPS and tying that into technology. Everyone thinks that construction is just um, building and working with your hands, which it is, but it's also we brought in technology and that is very exciting. You've got 3D, you've got robotics, you've got uh, drones, you've got GPS, you've got all these different types of technology built into it. So if someone is leaning that way, there's a job for you. Um, so there's a lot that we can do, but our safety, uh, increased safety, our new orientation, um, new higher orientations can alleviate concerns of parents and, and that stigma there. And then our, our opportunities like Curatech High School also helps. So that's some of the solutions that we have and that our, our members use as well. I want to do say one more thing though. Um, a few years ago, AGC did a study, spent about twenty five thousand grand on that, um, with findings pointing. Uh, you know, what are some of the concerns of our industry? What are with our unskilled workers? Whether they're high school, whether they're college students, whether they're just you know older and they're unskilled. What are some of those concerns? And safety and construction is hard work. Um, mom and dad don't want me to go into construction. That's a big issue. And I will, I will address that as well a little bit later and, and working in that job. And mom and dad, just speaking about high school students, they, kind of, they have a final say in, in how they steer their kids, right? And, um, and they're very instrumental and, and should be. But uh, so one of the things that we try to do is educate parents, educate the, the, the community about the opportunities that are available for, for um, construction careers. Uh, yeah, I love the fact that you mentioned. Oh, I'm still not hearing you. There's this kind of amalgamation between the, the skilled trades and even these higher academic areas. I just made a post about that on my 31 and 31 series. Uh, I have a student who's, you know, got an ag background but he's doing a ton of research. Yeah, about, so the person going in construction, maybe, they, maybe they're going in construction with, a, with a, uh, a, an aptitude or affinity for engineering or drone flying or electronics, or uh, there's ways you can go into construction with peripheral skill sets, even skill sets that come from an academic setting. So I love that. Uh, thank you for sharing that. Yeah, thank you. Kathy, I was wondering, you know, there's no parents in the room. There's no students, there's no teachers. You're just, it's you and all the employers that you represent and you're our voice for. 
What are you telling the employers to help them prepare to work with high school students? Oh, there's so much that we can um, tell employers and, and help employers uh, prepare to work with high school students. Um, some of the things that we want to really uh, stress to them is when you're considering hiring a high school student, really consider the safety aspect because that is a big concern, right? So you need to do some training, whether that's an OSHA 10 class or your, your personal on-site um, training, just like you would a new hire, and, and actually um, maybe assign a mentor to them, uh, someone that kind of they buddy around with, they follow around, um, they, they job shadow perhaps. Um, but, but, but the safety training is big, okay? And there are certain things, and we'll talk about HB 555 here in a minute, but there are certain things that they can and cannot do, right? So we'll talk about that. But a safe work environment, onboarding orientation. Um, one of the things that suggested, one of our members has said they do is um, they do a pre-meeting. So just as they're kind of onboarding, they bring in lunch, they make it fun. Um, they have that that experience there and they they give them a survey of like, what are your expectations? What do you hope to get out of this job? What are some of the things you're looking for? What are your interests? So uh, create some sort of uh, dialogue and survey there that they can do. And then um, especially if you're looking like a, um, a work release program or a summer internship or a work program there. And then um, at the end of that, my uh, old CEO used to call it a postmortem after every event or after everything we did, um, do a post type of survey. Uh, again, bring in lunch, make it fun, uh, let them know how much you appreciate them and get their feedback. You know, did, did we meet your expectations? What did you learn? Would you want to do this in the future? Would you want to consider, you know, staying on and doing something else and learning something new? So those pre and post post meetings, um, along with your onboarding, is really crucial. Another thing that would be great and something um, our employers, some of our employers do as well, is perhaps depending on what they do, um, you could give them a set of tools. Um, that's ownership. Give them a set of tools, um, make, you know, make them feel valued. And then um, maybe at the end of their work release or at the end of their summer program, um, have some sort of graduation gift, a parting gift from them. And again, if it's something that uh, you want to continue on, you can offer them, you know, a permanent position that way. So, so those types of things, but onboarding and safety training are, are really crucial in that now, some of the things that um, we want to make here in Utah, we uh, HB 555 uh, legislation passed, and um, that helps uh, companies be a little more um, uh, protected when they hire these younger students. And so with workers' comp, your state risk management fund, uh, that helps protect employers. And um, we really want to stress having a mentor um, you can change lives in a thousand different ways, right? That mentor should be handpicked to really fit that job, try to fit that 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 uh, that student that you're working with, um, and have classroom training, on-the-job training. Um, what's really important that sometimes is missed is you want to teach them what is obvious maybe to you, but it may not be obvious to them, right? So this is all new to them. You want to teach them things that are not 
may be obvious to them um, and teach them to be careful and safe always. Um, and this is also, as they're doing this and bringing on these and their students um, is to, it's great reminders for their team, okay? For their current team. And so that work experience, um, it may be some manual labor, but also try to incorporate a little bit of fun in there as well. So HB 555, uh, we have talent, what we call Talent Ready Utah here, but like I said, it, it helps protect the employer and it's something that um, some of our employers um, already use, And um, but there are certain things that they have to meet. Um, it, we have an AEC, AEC pathway program and this um, the OSHA standard for 16 and 17 year olds, even as young as that, um, it must be recognized in, an, in, a, in a, or it must be done in a recognized apprenticeship program. And um, so that AEC pathway, and that could be a whole nother thing, um, meets that requirement. And so that student must be in the AEC pathway. Um, so like a hand drill motor is a dangerous activity, right? So i.e. they cannot operate that um, mechanized or motorized tool. And then during the learning process, you know, help teach them what are the dangerous tools um, and so what they can't use. Um, another thing that they can't do is they can't get an excavation uh, four feet deeper or deeper, uh, be involved in demolition activities or operate equipment that you sit in or on. So there's some of the, the things that are some don'ts and there are some other do's that we could get into, but that's um, like a student learner program. We would, we would highly recommend having a formal student learning program for them. That was a lot, sorry. <laughs> That was good. I apologize. I mean, I'm just, yeah, I got a lot of noises coming and going. So I just keep turning mine to mute. Um, but I appreciate that. And I do like that, you know, from the study that you, that you put together, that, that you, the research that you, um, that you guys had really showed that there was the key or the thing that really kind of holds people back from connecting with um, the trades and industry is actually the parents. Yeah, yeah. I, that, I mean, that's something that we probably already knew before the research, but it's nice when they do those types of studies and confirm that. And so a lot of education, I don't think when we're working in work-based learning and workforce development, I don't think we focus too much on what's the narrative that we're teaching the parents. And I think that's important. I think it's great that we do have a policy, HB 555, which allows companies to take apprentices in Utah. And the, the workers' compensation still relies on the state risk management. And so that's a way for employers to hire us on. They can help. They can take on students. They can fill talent. Um, but they don't have to worry about that insurance because that's still on, on Utah state risk management here. So that's right. something to blessed with. Um, we've only got time for one more question, but I'm going to let you choose because I've got two that I was looking at. But one is, do you wish you were involved in more schools? And if so, what are some of the things that you would – that you would um that you would like to see differently so question number two is if you were sitting with parents no students no employers what are you going to say to them that's going to help change their mind you know based off of that research which which question would you like to tackle and sorry they weren't as good as i'd like them to be Dude, i want i want to tackle both how much time do i have <laughs> sure um, <laughs> well i think the first thing i would say is that um and there's some th certain things that we can do um, with that. And one of the things that we've talked about is adopt a school. A principal could adopt um, one of our construction companies and they go to that, that expert when they have questions or when they have needs, they wanna do a little bit of 
um, in-house, you know, bring bring an expert in, and that would be one thing. Um, and then we could also utilize luncheons to create a calendar of events with the, the school district and say, yes, I want to come here, here, and here and have these open spots filled up by the industry. So that's a real quick answer for, for that first one, but I do have some thoughts on the parents, but so I don't know how much time we have. <laughs> Take it away. Okay, well, 70% of the parents out there, um, this is another study done and, and part of this, it, uh, are unlikely to encourage their kids to um, pursue construction careers. And so we do have a real big battle ahead of us. Um, so there are some other industries that they might not uh, likely want to encourage their kids to go to. But what parents should really consider are, what are their kids good at? What do they enjoy doing? Um, what are their aptitudes? Use science, I know we use in our in our state, it would be really good at this as well. Uh, can they find a job doing the things that they're good at and that they like? How much will that job pay and will it be safe? And um, how much education? So these are some of the things that a parent should consider for first of all. Um, but in the study as well, seven out of 10 jobs do not require a college degree. Um, construction is one of them. You can get a construction management degree, which I highly recommend that for those that want to. Um, but it is framed, construction is framed as kind of a dirty, dangerous job, right? And so we have to think differently when we approach uh, parents. I always like to say when I when I talk to people, um, out here we have Lake Powell close, near, close by. Um, I toured a yacht building company um, here in St. George, Utah. And it was interesting that it was a great tour, but one of the things they said to us, you know, most of their customers are take the yachts to uh, Lake Powell. And guess who a big percentage of those customers are? Plumbing companies, yep. those that own a plumbing company. And I'm got to be kidding. And it blows the kids' minds when I tell them that. Um, but right now there is a high demand for skilled craft professionals and you can get paid, paid really, really well. Um, psychology is ranked as number four in the most popular college career, right? Um, and then, so we've got lots of people in that industry, but guess what? There's not as many jobs in that. So I'm just giving an example. And, and some of them require a doctorate and it ranks high, but it's also finds itself on the list of, uh, the majority of the most useless degree because it's hard to get that in there. Um, so now you've got a high debt and you're trying to find a job that's gonna sustain you and your family. And um, in construction, like I said before, you've got a leg up when you've been on the job training and you're working your way up and you don't have that college debt. So that's really important to parents. And that sustainability, like we said in COVID, they kept their jobs and in fact, uh, pay increased. And that demand, um, the demand um, in turn provides more opportunities. Um, so 2023, we're right here now. We need 100 million craft professionals this year. Um, and the problem only gets worse because 41% of our current construction workforce is going to retire within the next 11 years. So we need people to come into the construction industry. Um, let's see, what else did I want to touch on? Um, some of our companies that you work for and starting out with, you can own part of that company. Look for companies like that because that's putting away for your retirement. That is such a great opportunity. That's something that maybe uh, people don't think about that. And then advancements, like I said, you work your way up. 
Uh, there's lots of different, you can do administrative like myself, you could, women, you may be interested to know, um, get paid almost as much as, well, the gap isn't as much. I have to be very careful here. Um, so proof is in the pay. So women, we, we love to, I love to see women in our construction management programs. Um, on average, women only make 81.1% of what men make across the U.S. industries, okay? But in construction, guess what that number jumps to? 99.1. Wow, I did not know that. So, yeah, so that gender wage gap is often an issue, but with equal skills come equal pay in this industry for women. So that is huge. We love to see women coming in, and we have more and more coming in, and that's a great opportunity for them. Um, and and lastly, I would say to parents, you know what? Right now, um, millennials put what compensation near the top of what they're looking for in a job, in a career. And Gen Z's um, is purpose. So in construction, you get that purpose. You get that difference. You want to make a difference, and the industry makes a difference. I want to tell one last thing, and then I'll close. But um, I was in a class with a bunch of construction workers that were wanting to now get their general contractor's license. And I had a gentleman coming from another state. He'd been working in construction all his life. He was getting an, uh, a license here in Utah. And we were talking during lunch and, and all of a sudden he stopped and he said, why do you treat us so well? We're just a bunch of grunts. And I'm like, whoa, why does he feel that way? And it bothered me all night. And I came back and I showed him a, a video and you can look this up on YouTube. It's called The Ditch Digger's Poem. And it was written by a construction worker. And it, and what it showed is that, you know what? You're building our, our community. You're building our state. You're building America. We wouldn't have our schools, our homes, our roads, our hospitals, everything that we enjoy, our shopping centers without you and take pride in what you do and look around and see what you did. You get to drive by for years and you are building a legacy and you have a chance to leave a legacy in this industry. And that's what my final thing that I would tell parents. That's fantastic. Um, I appreciate you coming on and we've got one question and then I'll just um, let Jason close his thoughts and then close it out. But um, again, I'm just, I appreciate you. You gave me some good nuggets and we'll do a summary after this is all done so people can have that. Um, but we have a we have a guy Michael who has said he, he's asking the question Kathy, do you teach a construction math portion? Construction math portion? Yep, that's his question. So we we have like estimating and bidding classes that we offer our industry. You can also get that in construction management programs degree programs. Um, that is offered in the universities, for example, Southern Utah University near us. Um, but yes, our AGC offices across the country offer those types of classes. Yes. That's awesome. All right. I hope that answered his question. Any thoughts, buddy? All right. I am back. So, um, no, I am, I do not have, I do have a question and something I want to share and Mike, you're going to kill me because it's going to push over time. Um, but I did want to share something with with the group. Kathy, you mentioned a couple of things that I wanted to touch base on, and I'd love to maybe get in a private conversation and share with you a model I built with Ace Electric. Talked about, you know, giving tools as an incentive. 
They gave nine students a thousand dollars worth of tools and said, when you complete your apprenticeship, they're yours. If you don't, you turn them back in. It was a great incentivize uh, incentivization for them. Um, they did. A, they, we started our apprenticeship, our youth, uh, our apprenticeship program with Ace Electric with a one week, uh, with a one week training and what they call Pro Start. But I specifically wanted to highlight one thing. Georgia has something, and and I wanted to share it with you because I'm sure that with someone in your company's, you know, ability and clout to go through and make things happen. Um, maybe it's a model you could replicate, but uh, Georgia had, this is in a, the Georgia's work-based learning manual. Down to number 17, these are the Fair Labor Standards Act's hazardous occupations for students under 18. Georgia has an exemption for what you mentioned in terms of excavating. If a student ah. is enrolled in work-based learning, through Georgia, they can be under 18, They there is an exemption for excavation, including trench digging and working as a plumber. Now, you can obviously see the ones that are highlighted are the ones where there is an existing exemption for students under that. The other ones are not. I did link that document in the comments for anyone who's interested in that. And I'd love to maybe have another conversation with you um, about that and, and maybe see if we can, you know, maybe get somebody over there to uh, to lobby your your local state uh, legislature to put something like that in an exemption, but it only exists for students who are in work-based learning. An 18-year-old student not in work-based learning can't do any 17. A student in our work-based learning program with a mentor can go through and 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 work on HO 5, 8, 10, 12, 14, 16, and 17. So it's pretty wow. cool, pretty unique. Uh, that is, again, I linked that in the documents. Uh, I'll stop sharing, Mike. I thought it was awesome. Kathy, That's I learned great. a lot. Thank I'm you. excited about uh what is gonna what, what's coming for for in utah exactly for your, for your role i need to find myself a kathy in georgia um <laughs> so if you want to move to georgia uh cost of living is a little bit cheaper kathy that, that is true that is true mike would hate me um but, no, but the vibes are bigger aren't they <laughs> yeah i appreciate the uh appreciate your time thank you so much mike that's thank all i got you. thank you for having me jason and mike i appreciate it appreciate the opportunity i'll see you guys later thank you appreciate all right thank it. you yeah. Bye-bye. All right, bye-bye.